0: still denying climate change i would just want to point out that it's two degrees and raining in quebec city on the 11th of january
1: yeah it's the same here
0: but it should be like minus 20 yeah it's the exact same
1: here and well, australia's fire <laughs> Yeah, well that's australia's probably why it's fire.
0: raining we got a, we got a furnace in the southern hemisphere just fucking heating us all
1: up here that's a good point
2: australia's literally gone to
0: hell yeah
2: well i mean at least it will kill a bunch of the spiders and grab a hope <laughs> well, I was listening to one article on CBC and they're talking about uh, there's quite a few species that are probably ex- extinct after this fire
1: yeah. yeah
0: I know the koalas are going on the endangered list because they like they climb up trees but they live in the eucalyptus trees which are all oily so they just basically explode when they when the fire gets near them so these it's koalas right. are just getting like nuked across the whole yeah I mean nobody has any sympathy for like the charred snakes and spiders Understandably,
1: <laughs>
0: no, the, crocs right. are gonna, the crocs are going to get out of it because they're in the water.
2: Um, but there's like a lot of toads. So, the what the problems uh-huh. is, there's also the drought. So, a lot of the, the um, reptilians, uh, reptiles, are um, their whole like, ecosystem is, is basically evaporating. <laughs> and then wherever they could hide it gets burnt. So, they're fucked, double fucked. Yeah, but the, the koalas are cute, so people care.
1: Yeah. Dennis Leary does a bit on that. He's like, we don't, he's talking about eating meat and all that kind of stuff. He's like, we only care about eating the, uh, we don't, or it's like, we should have, uh, animal tryouts or something like that. And he says, uh, he's like, okay, what are you? I'm an otter. Said, what do you do? Well, I swim around on my back and I do cute little human things with my hands. And then what do you, I'm a cow, get in the truck, get in the fucking truck right now. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it, it just turns out that uh, the your best chance of getting help is is being visually appealing to people, much yeah. like the rest of the world.
2: Well, there's a theory that dogs evolved to be cute, so natural selection. I mean, an ugly dog does not get mated, right? So, well, they all go so the Well, no, but the thing is, there's a human intervention, right? So domesticated animals is like a planned thing, mm. and the different. The dogs are done by selective breeding. So the ugly yeah. ones in the rents, well, yeah, you're well, a fit for the. Lake.
1: <laughs> well, it's, well the it's the first, like, it's like the first it's instance like, of artificial selection is oh, with
2: the,
0: wolves. Uh, but I mean, it's like chickens are the most numerous bird on the planet, right? Who'd have guessed that the best evolutionary advantage that an animal could have is being useful to humans?
1: Yeah, that's nuts. Okay. Um, i guess i'll start it off i was um i was going through and editing a bunch of the other stuff i got a lot of stuff to clean up um from i guess the last five months there's a lot of wee drams in there i got an episode dropping on tuesday from when we did the uh the canadian space odyssey episode with uh, dr green so that'll be dropping um and then there's a whole bunch of wee dram stuff between uh, me and cognac that we got to we got to sort out through as well, but that's uh, it's all on the way. But in the meantime, I guess I'll do the intro. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 320 Club. Why is it called the 320 Club? Because 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. I'm Whiskey. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> and I'm Rox, and uh, Cognac's back with us. I think you're becoming a regular at this point. Well, I mean... For, for for this decade, anyway, yeah. For this decade, at least, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, well, yeah. So, a lot of stuff going on this past week. Um, where do we begin? I guess we already started with the Australia fires. <sighs> here's here actually here's something it's funny because Um, last last time we talked
0: and in the last episode i was talking about how australia is on fire and there's no ngos or anything operating there because they're a real country and they can handle it and if it gets really bad then they'll ask for help and then they just like asked for help so yeah um, i just want to point out that that was recorded prior to them asking for help but released afterwards so i wasn't completely oblivious it's just the vagaries of time
1: no, no, and I think that's some that's a disadvantage that we have. I was been I've been thinking about that a little bit, um, wondering if I should start releasing the episodes much sooner after we've recorded them instead of like a week after we've recorded them because the information that listeners will be getting is a little bit kind of out of date once it's a week old, um, with the knowledge that we have now. So I'll we'll see how I'll see how some way to address that. I'm not entirely sure, but. We'll figure it out. There's an interesting uh, story I saw in the news not long ago with regards to the Australia fires. The first one being uh, it was uh, sex workers. So sex workers around the world. Uh, The headline headline was this. Sex workers around the world will extinguish the Australian wildfires by flooding the Internet with their nudes. As long as a donation is made first.
0: Yeah, I think the girls, the first one that did it was named, um, what's her name? Caden Ward, I think, was her name. Right. And it was basically like she raised over half a million dollars in like a week or something, saying for every $10 donation, she'd DM you a nude. And then, like, if you go on her Twitter where this started, it's like you can just see her, like, rapidly
1: panicking as she can't keep up with demand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear Whiskey's business case for this. <laughs>
0: well nobody pays for dick pics anymore because we already flooded the market for free so
1: that's right that's right
2: (laughs) the person spam
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) you take Uh, something and you monetize it that's crazy
2: well she well i think it's it created a commodity right so it's like how do you how do you tell your wife so it's actually quite an ingenious like social experiment if you think about it yeah. so how do you tell your wife yeah you know I ordered some porn or you
1: say I'm supporting the wildfire wildfires that's effort. exactly it well, well yeah. you
0: see whiskey in this generation we don't order porn anymore it's all online you don't have to go to Blockbuster <laughs> or whatever the hell you have to do you rewind your VHS when you were done
1: yeah <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> oh. oh man you you get to be a perv and feel charitable at the same time. Best of both But here's heart. the thing. But but I do I do, yeah. That's I do agree with it being a social experiment in that regard. Just because here's the thing is like people are usually pretty hush hush about their online activity when it considers matters of you know pornography and all that kind of stuff. There's a reason Google has you, incognito that's right and, when it, you...
0: and it isn't for spam <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so the reason like it's kind of interesting if you if you give people an uh, a sense of altruism that they're doing good in the world like even though it's something that's typically like <laughs> you know this blank is for the koalas <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it literally said that. And it said, it, uh, one of the people who was doing this, one of the girls who was doing it, says, uh, one of her quotes was, fuck it, save the koalas. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's terrible, obviously terrible, terrible things happening in, in Australia. And I don't make it. Somebody That's what's happening. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Wait, wait, what, what is it? Like, a. Uh, I fucked my way into this situation. I'll fuck my way out of it. (laughs)
1: Just keep digging. Just keep digging. (laughs) It's your generation. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of people who fuck their way in and out of situations. (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about Trump. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Do we have yeah. to though? We have no, we to? don't have to. We don't have to talk about Trump. But obviously, Iran's got to be talked about. His hair.
0: Yeah, I know. My favorite was like there was this picture of um of Melania Trump looking like exasperated, and somebody's like, "When you just wanted a sugar daddy and ended up the first lady of the United States." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Awesome. Like, Congratulations, you got a candy co- coated in, sa- in the sour uh, sprinkles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: like, yeah. What's, what's up to this week, Trump, other than... well, I mean, other than look, It was more but... so just about the Iranian uh, stuff that's been going. I, I, you know what's funny? I was going through, like any reasonable person, uh, flipping through my Facebook feed for news sources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and I, like nobody's talking about it. Like there's the occasional person piping up, but it's like it's not well, it It's not right. news. Yeah, it's not it's not news anymore. It's not part of the news oh, cycle, which is crazy because oh, there's yeah,
2: an activity the
1: going on. And, and and I
2: and I would say like I think there's more to come. I just it just there's so many big news stories between impeachment uh, an airliner going down, which is technically an act of war.
0: Yeah, well, um, didn't go down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did it didn't yeah. just go down. It didn't just fall out of the sky like a chicken, with like like a chicken in The sky is falling. Like yeah, you know, no, it was That's, it was actually it was shot at. Episode. It was shot down, right? Yeah, it was shot
2: and down. I, you know, I mean, I can't wait for the meme, those, those kind of memes come down? Did we do it? Do you have proof? Oops, I guess we did. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh,
1: very diplomatic of uh, our prime minister to get up in front of a microphone. And say the things that he said it ended up, you know, saying, it, you know, it could have been an accident. Who knows? And they're not willing to speculate at this point. Um, and, you know, it was actually kind of a good sign. I mean, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to approach it from what I know over the last couple of days and what I've been paying attention to. But it seems like we weren't allowed to be a part of the inv- investigation because of uh, a deal that was broken. Uh, back in I think 2015 under Harper, and uh, and now they're they're letting Canadians go in and ha- uh, be a part of the investigation. So that seems like a good sign. Well,
0: once once they realized they couldn't, <clears throat> once they Iran realized they couldn't cover up the fact That's that right. they shot well, it down, well, because there's could, open source sense. flight data that just sees the plane disappear at eight thousand feet. That's so right. Like,
1: well, well there, you you, could, you got the it's sense.
2: It's Sorry, go no, ahead. There's a, so there's a typical thing going on here is where Canadians are the canaries in the coal mine. So if you're going to mess with the Canadians, uh, they're, it's our allies that will come and start start causing problems for you. So it's, it's a sign where they were just trying to pick a fight with the U.S. and they picked a fight with the Canadians. Yeah. And that gets the Commonwealth, which starts spiraling <laughs> under control. So if you want a, some sort of measured response, which they said, we want to protect our sovereignty and against U.S. aggression, and you went and killed a bunch of Canadians. It doesn't fit your your dialogue. Shot down a yeah. Ukrainian plane. Like, talk about a country that can't catch a break, eh? No
1: shit.
0: That's crazy. Uh, and UIA, it's super, it's super unfortunate for Ukrainian International Airlines because they were. Um, I've actually flown with them a, a number of times. They're a quite good airline, and this is their first fatal incident since 1992. So they're like they're spot since they were started in 1992. So they're spotless record. Was literally shot out of the air. Ukrainian
1: <laughs> Ukrainian Airlines, yeah. Ukrainian International Airlines, yeah. Yeah. So here's that's an interesting thing. Bringing that up, like, look at a difference between a country like Ukraine and Canada. Like, the Russians. Wasn't it in 2014 or 2015 when the Russians were uh, basically <laughs> basically invading Ukraine? April didn't they? Didn't they like? uh use rocket artillery against like two battalions worth of ukrainian uh ukrainian units and they just just destroyed them destroyed two battalions worth that's like what is that like 1500 people annihilated Uh, within like three minutes
0: i mean they're still losing people to the tune of like somewhere between one and five a day they they had a they had a while they had what they called the winter ceasefire so that everything was pretty quiet yeah Uh, but with the thaw um, it's ramped back up again.
1: So something like that happens, it goes unnoticed. Nobody gives a shit. But if you were to suddenly do that to, you know, we have Canadians in Latvia. If you were to suddenly steamroll and start killing Canadians in Latvia, I think there would be a but, totally different response. And yeah, I think that's, that's one Canada's of the reasons why we're actually there. Canada's a NATO country. It's a, well, yeah, but also there's a certain image that Canada has that Ukrainian doesn't. Their Ukraine doesn't. Well, right mean, international image whether they're part of just, a international
0: a, a, a malaysian airliner was fought, shot down over ukraine too right killed a bunch That's of right the, and the world was holding its breath hoping there was no americans on that aircraft mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it was mostly dutch citizens unfortunately but um yeah i guess
1: i and guess again, iran got and lucky again, there was no was,
0: americans on that plane
1: and it was it was surf it was a russian surface air missile again like yep. no different than what happened with this Ukrainian international airline.
0: Yeah, but so, you yeah, but those are yeah, those are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. Right? I know, I know. It's like it's, we talked about a long time ago, rocks with uh, with a shooting done by an AR-15. It's the most common sporting rifle in, in yeah, the okay. Western world. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah,
1: that's fair. They're just around, right? Like, like the AK-47 is like the most prolific rifle of all time.
2: Very likely. Yeah, twenty bucks each. Yeah. Depending on
1: where you are, you can get them cheaper than
0: that, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, bulk Hmm. discount.
0: Hmm. Bulk discount. (laughs) I guess, yeah.
1: Me and a buddy, like a buddy of mine and I were talking about this as it was going on. And this is, so um, this was before we found out, okay, so this was at the time that the rocket attacks were happening at the, it was at the airfield uh, where they said American soldiers were at or whatever. The and base. Uh, yeah that base and in Iraq and what we were saying is like the best outcome for the Americans where this would be for this to have the US safe face have zero casualties whatsoever kind of brush it off and then go about business as usual I wouldn't be
0: surprised if it intentionally. Missed, but not I, by much. The well, base yeah. just so they could save face. Cause it's face-saving culture, right? So they could save face. Say they retaliated. Tell their people, yeah. you know, they're not going to stand for this. And then everyone can just calm down because they're not they're not unreasonable people. They don't want a big war either. So that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it was kind of interesting, and to have no American casualties. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, I, I agree with you. Like, and then that that plane had
0: the misfortune of taking off about an hour and a half after those missile attacks. So, I imagine the Iranian military was probably on high alert in case the Americans did anything. Somebody with an itchy trigger finger.
1: Um, yeah, got over excited and shot something down. Yeah, when somebody's I I understand the the idea of it being an accident, but I just kept couldn't help thinking to myself like. How do you accidentally fire off a missile <laughs> to to uh, to an airline or any kind of aircraft up in the air? Like, well, that, that's obviously, that's it, right? not obviously, like obviously, vehicle computer, recognition is not a, a, a very uh, uh, high in demand skill set in a place like Iran. But, well, I mean, presumably they would have had to lock on to it and everything, too. Like, I'm, I'm not entirely certain how
0: Russian anti-aircraft missiles work but uh, presumably there's a lock of some orient so like it's not just a just like a oh shit bang kind of thing there's 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 got to be a procedure that's followed
1: Mm -hmm.
0: before that thing goes so that means there's multiple points of failure along that decision making chain um that led to this happening
2: yeah time in a single heat entity uh that could be it right yeah yeah so they said, well, we have these things that are armed, programmed to fire. As soon as we see a heat signature in the sky, we're launching. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. Forgetting that you have an international airport. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not a terribly busy international airport. Tehran's not exactly a holiday destination, but. Yeah. It's unfortunate you know, I've been there. It's, it's, it's kind of lovely. Yeah. yeah. In its own way. Tehran, not so much, but the rest of the country is quite nice. Tehran's dirty. You can't see the mountains from the city or the city from the mountains just so polluted. But even when I was there in 2004, they were working on... Um, like carbon <clears throat> reduction to, to, to help with that. Hmm. So, yeah.
2: Smog reduction programs, yeah.
0: Yeah, like uh, needing special permits to be able to drive within the city and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm.
1: But that was an interesting part of the whole news cycle as well. Like everybody was talking about what Iran's going to do. Everybody's talking about what, not necessarily what the states are going to do, but what Trump's going to do, which was kind of, I thought that was interesting. Like everything is resting on, Trump on his ego, well, on his decision making. It's like, wait a minute. There's I, a whole staff that work for work for the you know, work yeah. for the president. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but so, it's a whole executive office thing. But it, you understand is is that you need to understand the concept of the allies, right? So if they viewed this as a uh, they could have spun this totally different. If they spun this as an attack on NATO, their outcome would have been very different. Yes. So, <clears throat> Because remember, there was a, a NATO mission, or is it a U.N. mission? Uh, going on NATO, a NATO, NATO, NATO mission in Iraq, yeah. Uh, yeah. North Atlantic led City by organization. <laughs> yes. So if they were to perceive that attack on that mission, I think the outcome would be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, the, and I think they, they backed down, and the narrative changed very quickly because NATO said, like, you guys got to quell this. You need to slow down. if you look at listen to the comments by uh, uh, Boris Johnson, he, he said basically calm down. We're not like what you're saying and look for de-escalation uh, avenues of de-escalation because we don't want a war. We don't want to bring this uh, make uh, escalate this. Yeah, um, we don't want this. It's ironic. Right now, the organizations are more introspective. So like uh in Canada, we have Western alienation, so the West wants focus on them, um, and then you got you uh, make America great again. You have these initiatives, and the same Brexit. thing in the UK. The UK wants focus on well Brexit, but you know the Brexiteers, the ones that want to separate, are are more really discontented because they're not getting the attention they want. So if you look culturally, there's a there's a perceived have have not situation in which the conservative people. Or conservative, uh, um, I guess, parties are looking to focus on that. If you go to war, it's not a focus on conservatism, where you where you get that. So, the, if you look at the number of conservative governments that are in power, they don't want a war because it sort of counteracts what they've been uh, their their political platforms.
0: Well, uh, did you just make a business case out of Iran Iraq? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, well, it's a political
0: Um, I mean, there is an argument, though, an an unpopular opinion, but one that's valid nonetheless, that um, the strike on uh, the Iranian general was actually um, a good thing uh, for the U.S. It it kind of... mm, the U.S. is kind of – this is the argument that's saying the U.S. is like mm-hmm. age of domination is waning and, and nobody's really as scared of them as they used to be because they know they're caught up in all these bureaucratic organizations. They don't really want wars. They don't want to escalate to the point that um, they would have been threatening to do in the Cold War. Um, but this is a reminder that if you go too far, America will still get you.
1: Yeah, General Petraeus was uh, making – he was making those comments. He's like it's mm-hmm. – uh, it reminds uh, – it, it, it's another – um argument for deterrence or he was trying to say it's a it's to say that you know america is still capable of great deterrence yeah um which you know i step
0: at a line too far we can still get you
1: yeah and we're not afraid to. to be fair
0: though like how arrogant does this iranian general have to be to go to iraq where there's an american presence to coordinate attacks against americans Off of Iranian, if he had stayed on Iranian soil, he'd have been safe. Nobody, the the U.S. never would have risked that. But to be in Iraq, that's a ballsy move.
1: So, my understanding of Suleimani, that's how Soleimani, yeah, something like that. Um, is that you know, he was taking the fight to ISIS like a lot of the other, uh, uh, like a lot of the other uh, actors, but he was also. Uh, support. It's the Kuds. They're kind of like a special force, but they're also, they use a lot of influence to work with uh, groups like Hezbollah. Um, Just, I mean, that's the only one I can rattle off off the top of my head, but, like, he's working with terrorist groups that are known terrorist groups. Yeah, Um, don't want ISIS either. I mean, the Taliban's
0: fighting ISIS, too.
2: Yeah, that's right. They're all fighting each other. Just just the word Hezbollah, I mean, that should be significant. So Hezbollah is is a born or a thorn, I would say, in uh, Israel's side and mm-hmm. the general directly funded Hezbollah, which affects Israel. Now, if you look at the political yeah, but spectrum... Iran's,
0: Iran's famously country, op- and openly
2: yeah. vowed to destroy Israel.
1: So. That's right, that's right.
2: Okay, but hold on, but every country was quick to say, I mean, you kind of outstand your means when you attack this general. The only country that came to uh, support uh, America... Was Israel? Yeah. Now we know Israel has very good ties, especially Netanan, Prime Minister or President Netanyahu. With well, Trump, so you got to look at you got to look at the alliances because that, that's where this is key.
1: Well, they've had a long-standing agreement with the Israelis since like the '50s. That's a that's a written kind of alliance that they've had uh, for yeah, a long time now, Israel. and it came up. It came up a, l- a while ago. Uh, under Obama's presidency, that was like he wasn't paying enough attention to the Israelis. And uh, I, I can't remember the exact uh, wording, but like uh, it's kind of interesting because everybody's so quick to criticize Trump for making this rash decision to go and, they say, assassinate this uh, Iranian general. general. Yeah, I know. But that's the word. What's that? The West doesn't do assassinations anymore. We I know. Remember. But that's that's what the media is telling you, right? I know, it's kind of interesting. So I'm I'm using that word in air quotes. Um, but look at what happened with like not even not ten years ago, um, even less than that uh, with uh, Gaddafi. They yeah. they they killed Gaddafi. And uh, and like there's footage of Hillary Clinton bragging about it. We came, we saw, he died, and then she's laughing her ass off about it. And as a result, Libya is a complete failed fucking state. Now, I'm not saying that Gaddafi was a good guy, but it's kind of like a you know work with the devil you know as opposed to oh, the devil you don't.
0: It's the same famous argument about how ISIS wouldn't have got the hold they did in Iraq if they'd have never kicked Saddam Hussein out, right? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, he kind of had a grip on that country. So.
1: Well, it's the same oh, thing. It's the same thing fix. with uh, with Mexico as well. With the the cartels taking out Pablo Escobar and now with uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, we were talking about him last week as well. Uh, well, he's not out. He's still is he still alive? Uh, fuck! What Depends you know? on who you're talking about, man. I don't remember <laughs> his name. We were talking about it. Ah, fuck! Uh, it'll come I'll back ask. to me later. No, not Pablo Escobar. Like obviously he's dead, but ah uh, god damn it Google I can't channels. remember like, no 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 no. I can't remember I'll, okay. it'll come okay. back to you later anyway doesn't matter
2: but, you mean, the, the US has a big part of this too when when they uh, when we drew boundary lines after uh, World War One and the Ottoman Empire when they started dividing things well that wasn't so much the US as it was
0: kind of Britain and France
1: all of Christianity reneging on <laughs>
0: reneging on some deals they had made yeah yeah
2: I mean, I mean, they,
0: they, they, they told the um, the Arabs that they would, particularly the Saudis, who it, it did kind of work out for. But they told them that they would have their, you know, their independence and their own independent nations. But then they kind of secretly backdoor carved it up as more imperial influence for themselves.
2: And it didn't work out. And the other part no. was, I guess you could say, the, Aud- the Ottoman Empire wasn't very good because how repressive a regime it was. Then you go back to Saddam Hussein, another repressive regime. Uh, the Saudis are kind of repressive in their own right. And maybe um, maybe repression works a bit. <laughs> maybe that's just the area. I was reading a book I uh, told you guys last week about dead aid and uh, she, dictatorships aren't all bad um, because in order to do transform, significant transformations you need a bit of dictatorship as long as the people have power. Um, and I don't see any things we instituted in those regions giving those people more power. It seems like they have less Historically speaking, democracies almost never
0: work in the long run. It always ends up going back to some orient of um,
1: authoritarian, call it an emperor or a dictator or whatever the hell you call it. It always tends to go that way. Yeah, Winston Churchill said uh, democracy is the absolute worst form of government known to in, in human history, but it's the only one we've got. Something like that. And by the way, it was El Chapo. That's who I was trying to talk about. mic drop <laughs> <laughs>
0: what
1: are
0: you drinking? I am drinking Double doublewood again 12 years park 12. Favorite, highland park 12
2: You got homebrew Park I think I'm, Yeah I'm drinking some
0: wine, wine. I I, is I it have wine so made of have- something weird again like dandelions or like no. I don't know chicken turds or whatever the hell you <laughs> ferment over there
2: <laughs> be, gentle, be gentle, my friend At least I know what goes in my shit um, uh, No, this is just made a Republican style
1: I hope I this know, I shows all... up You're getting cut off quite a bit yeah, You're, you're cutting it over... out a
0: little bit there uh, I don't
1: you. know if it's overlap from our voices, uh, our feeds or if it's something to do with Skype uh, I hope it shows up in the wash uh, when I go to edit but Hopefully, it's not too broken. No, it's uh, Raposo style. Okay, if
2: you're familiar with style. It's it's where uh, you take the grape juice and you make normal wine, but then you're adding in basically uh, raisins and grape skins from um, a um, another uh, grape variety, and I forget what it's called. Um, but anyways, it makes it adds a complexity to the wine. The problem with my significant wine collection is that you got to drink them. So if I have like, you know, 40 bottles, they gave away half. I'm still stuck with 20 bottles for myself. So I, I got to work on the hard oh, done so by. This, this weekend's project <clears throat> is. Yeah. Get through get
0: through some bottles of wine. Exactly. I mean, there's worse things I have to do, I guess.
2: You turn some into cognac. Um, brandy, yeah. Uh, I also turn some into vinegar.
1: Ew. No, no, it's, it's quite, really good. It's, a, it's quite good, actually. <laughs> it's pretty strong stuff. Just,
2: just well, it, just think of it—you know—that forty bottle of, uh, of vinegar you buy at the store. It's probably the same same way. I have it near the wood stove, so it ma- it concentrates the sweetness. I feel like you've
0: mistaken me for someone who buys vinegar.
2: Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever had like a pot sticker, a Chinese pot oh. sticker? Chinese It's like a dim sum
0: thing. Sounds quite racist. (laughs) I mean, I have, but like at restaurants, because I'm an adult. I don't know. I don't, at home, I I made a lamb stew today, but like, I don't, I don't do that much, um, too much in terms of cooking. If it can't be made in the crock pot, I'm not overly interested. I'll just go out and get it.
2: Exactly you're you're stuck with so if you go i went to for dim sum on wednesday night no tuesday night um and i sat down and i look at the menu and i'm like you guys say you said the dim sum. there's no dim sum menu here can i have the dim sum menu so they bring out the stuff but they uh, they only bring out what they think you you know not necessarily what is actually part of the dish so it's it's a very literal surface, and it's just part of that culture. So they bring out my pot stickers. I'm like, I would like the red vinegar, please. And they have to go back to the back of the store, bring out the red vinegar, and then they, they give me the bottle. Um, but uh, it, it has this complementary flavor. So much like the Chinese red vinegar, a good quality vin- uh, vine- vinegar that you drink or drink you eat is... <laughs> Sorry. But, it, but it, it, there's a lot of sweetness and a really high-quality balsamic vinegar, you can have an ice cream. No. What, are you pregnant? That's terrible. No, because it's so sweet. So there is a tartness. So, you know, elements of most cooking is sweet and sour. I mean, like this whole region of the tongues are sweet and mm-hmm. salty, sour. And those basic functions are synergistic. Just think of lemon meringue pie. You know, sweet and salty. Um, a good quality balsamic vinaigrette goes perfectly well with ice cream. Just like a, a really sweet beer with vanilla tones will go with vanilla ice cream and a float. Um, hmm. But there's there's studies out in New uh, New England Medical Journal that the guys that consume um, vinegar on a daily basis will actually have lower visceral fat. Um, uh, <coughs> They actually, they, there was very little distinguish between moderate amounts and heavy amounts of vinegar, uh, of vinegar or acetic acid, in their diets compared to those who are were, were given a placebo. So there, there is research there that is, is part of it. And then you look where it comes from. So we talked before about raccoons that get drunk off grapes. Um, vinegar is a natural de- part of the natural de- uh, decomposition process. So. Once uh, a, sh- a sugar enters your the storage medium, it gets quickly turned to alcohol. After alcohol it becomes vinegar, so it's part of stuff we would have naturally later in winter. But you know, good quality things means a lot.
1: There you go, pro tip from whiskey. <laughs> <Make> <laughs> you want to lose weight? Drink vinegar. I mean, you'll no. lose weight because you'll be vomiting.
2: <laughs> No, 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 no! Do you look at all the research in the cider vinegar and those things? I'm, I'm not shitting you. Maybe <laughs> wow. yeah, but, I mean,
0: I, I, I've spent a lot of extended time in the UK, and they eat a lot of vinegar on their fish and chips, and they are not, they are not a picture of fine health.
1: <laughs> well, the fact that they're eating fish and chips is probably the. There's your sign. <laughs> I mean, fish is supposed to be the healthy one, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but you also eat uh, vinegar as part of salads, right? Yeah. You just caught the vinegar flavor yeah. well. So like you don't have to have vinegar on french fries. I mean <laughs> like there's a holistic
0: beer battered and, and so so you're telling me it's the French fries, not the <laughs> vinegar, that's the problem. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, whiskey. I could not
1: resist. No, it's good, it's, it's
0: good
1: it's, <laughs> Can I just say the last Okay, sorry, I'm switching gears here I'm going kind of a little bit backwards there The one before Trump gave his, uh, his kind of speech uh, About how they were kind of gearing down a little bit After the night of the rocket attacks He's putting out a tweet or whatever that says, all is well. I thought, I couldn't help thinking to myself, it's like, it's either one of two things. It's either very, very good, or it's like Kevin Bacon in Animal House, you know, in full uniform as people are running him over. He's just like, everything is fine. All is well. All is well. Go back. It's like nothing to see here, folks. (laughs) I believe you wanted to, are you referring to Animal Farm? No, Animal House. Like the movie about the frat house? Yeah, Kevin Bacon's in it. Didn't you know that? No. Yeah, he's totally the guy. He's the guy who says he's the he's totally the guy who's uh, going through initiation through one of the the uh, what do you call it fucking like Delta or Omega house? One of those fucking fraternities. That's what it is, fraternities. He's the one. He's the one who's uh, getting spanked. He's like, "Thank you, sir. May I have another?" That's Kevin Bacon, man. Uh, Google confirms it. Yeah. Ah, well, there we go. See, I may not be good for much, but I am good for useless knowledge about pop culture and and filmography. You're a bit of a you're a bit of a movie nerd. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone's so, a nerd about I, something. Mean-
0: Whiskey's a nerd about survivalism i guess making his own like basically i see you in like well you're not gonna live another 20 years but i see you in like 10 years (laughs) with a giant beard in a cabin out in the woods with like not connected to the grid anymore we can't get you on the podcast because the the government spies would be listening so you've completely thrown out internet and any sort of connectivity going back to your mennonite roots basically and he'll he'll just become a government truster
2: I don't know about mennonites but anyways <laughs> I, I actually don't know i don't but i wouldn't say much of a survivalist but i'm more like a, you know just being a farmer you know just doing those things so yeah
0: but you know that we have farmers so that we can do other things so yeah but, but you know, is that, that, that like that, is that like what you like if you could
2: go back let's say you could go back to being 18 years old would you have just become a farmer <laughs> No, it was I didn't have a property to a farm. Uh, no,
1: it's, you, okay? it's like it was almost at 20. Think, like, hey, hey, hang on, like, hang. hang on. I think what <laughs> I think what Cognac's trying to ask is, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I'm just I uh, know.
0: Is it is it is it like just your passion to like be relatively self-sufficient? Like you talked before about making your own soap and making your own <laughs> booze and growing food and keeping chickens in your yard. Um like is it just your passion to like if, if like is your dream job would it be to be like
2: a farmer and
0: completely on your own sustained
2: no well my dream job would not be a farmer because they don't make enough money uh and mine is it, it's a quest for knowledge it's a quest a quest for understanding it's like why and i and i apply the word why to everything and i go th- it annoys the, my wife to no end why why, why do we have to? My daughter's favorite word is why. Because, and we, we explore it a bit here, but it's a superficial level. And we talk about politics, but then what's behind politics? Well, behind politics is people and business. Yeah. Why? And I, I just went down this rabbit hole. I mean, I grew up, my parents were baby boomers, and they shrugged off a lot of the tradition. Um, and, you know, like in the 40s, my, my, grandfather was put in a labor camp and, like, a lot of my aunts and uncles, they just sort of shrugged government and that sort of the Mennonite way. Um, My dad, like, he couldn't couldn't afford a plot of his own, broke his back, so like, he lost everything. So he just shrugged off a lot of just the traditional things and, and I'm not sure if that was the right way to do it, just to ignore that it existed. So it's more... It's like understanding who my family was and where they were. And at the same time, fusing this curiosity with the things that I do in my life. So right. I don't grow grain. Why? Because it's a pain in the ass. It's on water too. I can just drive to Delta Beach and there's a there's a traditional mill there. And they, they say, here's it comes from this property. We just brought it here. Buy a bag here's how it's made and there's a one-man mill that that's run by the creek. So, like, there's these things there I, I can access. Um, well, there's the other side is, is that I go so far as to try to understand the microbiology that's there. Why? Why is this? And and then I, I filter with, with I go through the literature going, how does this actually work? So, like, uh, two weeks ago, I made my own cottage cheese. And, and people say, well, I just added vinegar. Well, there's other ways to make cottage cheese, and there's different cultures that play. There's acidity of the, the, the material. There's enzyme that causes changing. There's temperatures. There's a cooking process. And then I take it that material, and I make something else with it. And you're like, well, okay, well, that's kind of fascinating. But then where do I get these bacteria? Right? So there's other logics to this where uh, it just becomes a self-exploration. And you can call it self-reliance, and it is. But it's 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 as much exploring me as in my history, than it is just surviving. So they're intertwined. If that makes sense. <clears throat> yes. I'm just checking out your meme now.
1: Oh, there's a meme. I'm missing it somehow. Yeah, I put it in the t- in the chat. It ain't much. But it's honest work. I don't even see the chat. You got to pull it up on the side. Uh.
2: That's a really uh, primitive Decepticon.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What was I looking at here? You know, something that we were talking about uh, last week that we um, we figured we'd segue into this week was, uh, I'll pull a quote from you there, Cognac, is uh, take the power out of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why do we make a big deal out of kids swearing? I don't understand why we make a big deal out of kids swearing. Well, explain. Well, Explain your point of view. Okay.
0: There's obviously value in teaching children like proper conduct, right? But kids are going to imitate what they hear. And we just have this weird, um, this kind of like weird cultural thing, at least here in Canada, that swearing, you know, when I was in in school, kids would get detention for swearing all the time. Meanwhile, as long as you went behind the bleachers and the teacher didn't see it, you could thump a kid. And if he didn't complain too much, nobody cared. Um, But then you turn 18 and everyone's allowed to swear. It's just like a really weird um, kind of dichotomy. You're not mature enough to understand the word or something. I don't know. Meanwhile, here in Quebec, for example, um, they swear on public radio all the time. Um, Oh, really? It's just not seen
2: as a big deal. Hmm. Obviously, for for your kids not screaming it out, but... Well, then, no, that's that's that, 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 there's there's a there's a there's things going in the background you might be aware of, because it's like saying all violence is bad when you go take them behind the bleachers, right? But there, that's not that's not true. Just, there's a certain amount of acceptable violence, whatever that's codified or not.
1: Yeah, look at uh, fighting, like, just like organized fighting, boxing matches and shit. Yeah.
2: So, so how often? How often you're allowed to swear on radio is is regulated. What word, which swears are allowed is a whole other thing. So, I, you know, as a parent, um, kids don't necessarily understand the weight of their words at the time of their words. I'd argue most adults don't understand the weight of their words most of the time. So, like, it's it's really important. So when when you when you there's a bit of a method to the madness, like. In some ways, when you when you when are a victim of don't use the language around me, sir. Um, as a kid, there's a, another weight when you go grow older, but you got to look at it from the lens where the rule was imposed, not necessarily, or and the rule the 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 lens was imposed, the environment, and then uh, grow older and see what happens, because. Your kid could pick up the wrong word, say it at the wrong time, and he gets his ass kicked for no reason. Or it puts you in a compromised position, yeah, but then he'll yeah. learn.
0: That'll be an important lesson.
2: Lesson. Yeah, but
1: what, what at what cost? You're like it sounds like you're coming from a position of like the strong like you've said before in the podcast there Cognac, the strong will do what they will and the weak will do what they must weak will uh, suffer su- what they must. Yeah. Sorry, the le- the weak will suffer what they must. That's kind of a uh, it's kind of like a strongman argument almost. T- from if I'm hearing it right, but it may not be the way you're trying to you know. No, no. Okay, so all I'm saying is we make we make big deals out of words, right? And the more
0: uh, we're kind of rabbit holing on like kids getting their asses kicked and stuff. But what what I essentially was talking about is that we make big deals out of words, and. <clears throat> Because we make it a big deal, it gives it the power to hurt people, right? Hmm. Now, obviously, words are how we communicate. And f- f- fact is we'll always find s- sequences of syllables that make people feel uncomfortable or, or, or attack, especially if it's labeled or um, targeted in a specific group. But there's just certain – there's these collection of words that we've all decided for the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years that – they're like big no-no's. You can't say those. And it makes people it, – it genuinely does make some people uncomfortable because they're raised, you know, very much not in a house that uses profanity and, and to avoid it and all that. And I just no, find no. it ludicrous that um, no, we, we, we I
2: don't have words like this. I think you need to go one step further is why are the kids using those words? because they're imitating something they've either seen,
0: heard or, or seen their parents or on TV or whatever the hell. Because fun fact is once no, you're an adult, everyone's saying it.
2: You need, I think you need to go one step further as a parent and you're trying to create an environment in which children learn and grow. Why do we criticize words that sort of mask how they feel and mask their intentions? Why would I encourage a child to help
1: express himself better? Like, I understand I, I understand that we need to raise kids in order to become productive members of society. But a lot of this I find is very arbitrary and very top-down driven. I mean, George Carlin does a whole bit on this. What? He did this back what? in, like, the 70s. It was the seven words you can never oh. say on television. Oh. What's Wait, that? Sorry?
2: You're deleting the point. You're diluting the point. The point becomes is that when we look at how a child behaves and how they grow and develop, you want to make sure he has the power of expression. So if he uses a word like fuck for everything, he loses the power to express himself in a constructive fashion that will promote his growth, his intellectual growth. Because if everything is fuck, he sort of
1: Around him, sort of, he's negative Nancy. Rather well, than think a person about, think about an time. adult doing that, an adult who just yeah. constantly uses the f word all the time. We don't do think of them as a very. What's that? It, it does. It 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 does seem like
0: um, you know, it's like a hallmark of the, of the lower classes or the trailer trash or something. You know, yeah, they can't express themselves any other way oh. than a string of profanity.
1: So we know that that person. It, well, okay, we don't know, but it's it stands to reason that a person like that, an adult, um, who constantly curses and swears and says the F word after you know in between every word to get to the next word, they they aren't unless you're like Lewis Black, they don't uh they end up not being very successful in terms of like just their own productivity, their own ability to contribute to society. Whereas somebody who doesn't use that kind of language, they tend to They tend to be, I don't know, I, I don't know what the odds are of them becoming more successful, but it, see, it seems to me like they'd be more successful. I mean, it, it's... You adopt, you adopt the behaviors that you perceive as <clears throat> beneficial to
2: life and shed the ones that don't. You emulate the behaviors, you dress for success, you fake it till you make it. So you see the people who are extremely successful, they're not swearing all the time. They're eloquent, they're expressive, they're deliberate. You so say eloquent. It's a classic. Way eloquent. Yeah. Eloquent. I, okay, it, it's it, it it is a way of becoming something greater than you are. And if you look at the paradigm of the parent, is that you want them to be more successful than you were? This is true. So, like, so you you go look at this recipe. So it isn't the word fuck. It isn't the word shit. It's it's respecting people, because that's one dynamic of it. Because racial slurs is a part of swearing. But there's also one that's just sort of generally offensive, you know. So you gotta balance what it is. And understanding if you're offensive, most people will tune you up. All right, I, Anyak, your turn. I, I
0: do I do feel like um, you know there there's some <coughs> progress on society's front in that way um particularly uh, uh, particularly with respect to um um like slurs aimed at, at gay people you know how, how many times when you were in school did, was it whatever stupid task you didn't want to do or whatever you're like oh that's gay right like that was just kind of what everyone said or calling each other um, you know, faggots or fags all the time, you almost never hear that anymore. It's pretty much it's pretty much disappeared from from kids' lexicon these days, because at some point society as a whole kind of realized that's wrong. Um, and it's been kind of selectively bred out of common parlance. Um, so I'm sure that and I'm sure that's a good thing, because you sound like an idiot when you talk like that. Um, yeah. And it's and it's hurtful for no particularly good reason to a specific group of people, which is which is never ideal either. Um, I, I, I mean, I agree. You don't you don't want your kid to sound like, uh, you know, swearing like a sailor all the time. Um, I just think sending kids home from school for swearing, which is kind of where this whole thing was bred out of. <coughs> is utterly ridiculous and completely misses that point because you're mm-hmm. no longer educating them. You're just sending them home. And then your shithead, yeah, kids, but I, I think your shithead kids that don't I, want to be no, s- at school anyway are just going to swear all the time and get sent home.
2: I think there's a balance here, and power to school is a whole separate conversation. Because um, I guarantee the first time they swear isn't the time they get sent home. It's, it's that power of punishment the school has, the power the power of them to deter, right? I yeah, mean, deten- I mean, so like what grade do you give detention? Like it, so, I, I think there's more to the school side because, as uh, Rox and I have talked extensively, my opinion of the school system is extremely low. Um, <laughs> it's extremely broken. But I personally yeah. you know, see podcasts, uh, not podcasts, uh, news was a news one, or was a documentary, and how we teach manners to a child is it, not just okay uh, today. You're going to eat outside in. Use your napkin. No elbows on the table, with you your mouth closed. Um, when you have, uh, yeah. make eye contact when you talk. Like So there's a whole bunch of rules, but you can't just brief the rules and expect to follow them because it's not possible. You have to continuously coach them. So well, and you, have to, parent, you have to you're look demonstrate for, it, right? Yeah, and emulate the behavior. So you there's, there's, there's what you, how you inculcate this into the program of a child kind of matters. I mean, you're going to have a 20 minute expose once a day because breakfast is like shove it down your, your neck, get out the door, get on the bus. Yeah. At lunch, you're there, and you have one touch point. You really have one touch point supper, and then they do their homework. Yeah. So you have very little finite. So as a parent, you're going to try and cram, like as a logical parent, you're going to cram the most value out of it. So you're going to learn how to teach. <coughs> You teach them to the talk. You're going to teach them to express themselves properly. You're going to teach them to have conversations with people. Like when I grew up, my laissez-faire parents, their style was, it's on the counter, have a nice day. So there yeah. was not that type of interaction that you're trying to grow and foster. And I didn't understand until like I had kids. And I hired people to help me be nannies. And they were having teaching them to have conversations over supper and now that I rent a place in Ottawa like they're teaching them positive pieces and I'm, 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 I'm I turned 40 this year and I had never seen it before I had never experienced how to train a kid until I saw it I'm okay. like uh, I've been doing this wrong for eight years I should probably get better at this hmm. but they go and they treat how was your day and they go around the circle and they teach their kids how to summarize their day and express themselves.
0: But you did get you did get taught. We were talking earlier about how you like making your own stuff and all that and maybe that's because you got taught to be relatively self-reliant from a very young age.
2: Yeah, hunger is a, a very strong motivator. So, yeah. I would I wouldn't use my parents as role models. I honestly like <laughs>
0: I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm no sort of. I'm no sort of
1: family counselor either. So I'm not here to. Uh... Well, I tend to divert to uh, my wife. I'm not just the fact that she's pretty good at. It. She's also pretty well trained in the art of of parenting. Given that, well, not just parenting, but it's just as a teacher, because she's a kindergarten teacher by trade, right? Um, but uh, I don't know. I from my point of view, uh, and just you know, you look at the news and you kind of get lost in it a little bit, but it seems to me like there's a lot of parents tend to have too much power and not enough responsibility. Uh, And a lot of this we find falls on the shoulders of teachers and they end up getting a lot of the short end of the stick. But then there's other arguments to be made to counter that as well. But, I mean, I, I I do like kind of what you just said there because if you go back a
0: few months to the Alabama abortion <clears throat> issue where, um, people needed to like, they were, they were talking about like limited abortion availability for those who were responsible enough to choose abortion in certain circumstances or whatever. But it was like, hang on, so pe- people aren't responsible enough to abort a child, but they are responsible enough to have one.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a whole whole separate discussion. I get it. It ties in. But yeah, no. I <laughs> pretty sensitive. Oh, it's ex- extremely
0: sensitive topic. And I mean, I I famously have no kids, so um, uh, <laughs> I've been no real point to tell yeah. I, th- I think a small child swearing is absolutely fucking hilarious when it's like timed comedic gold
1: style well but. that's exactly it as long as it's timed and comedically gold because here's the thing if you know okay Sometimes if my son fine. I
0: mean you get it you gotta tell him you can't do that but I'm sorry it's not my kid and I'm gonna laugh because I find yeah. it hilarious
1: well yeah absolutely like <laughs> if my son say at like four or five years old you know he hears me curse and swear at, you know whatever it is I'm doing and I'm, I'm working on something I'm like fuck and then all of a sudden I hear a little voice in the back going fuck I'm just I, I, I have there's a little sense of, there's a little part of me that's just like oh, a boy," <laughs> but there's also part of me is just like oh fuck <laughs> you know what did I create <laughs> uh, yeah
0: according to my mother I mean the first that, I time mean... I swore was in front of my grandmother and the priest that baptized me oh god
1: <laughs> Hey everybody, Rox here. We kept going on for a while, but as Whiskey would put it, uh, we started get <laughs> we started to get diminishing returns on our investment into this particular episode. So uh, with that in mind, I'll uh, just take a minute and say thanks for listening to everyone who's stuck with us this far. Uh, we've got more content coming that will be sure to keep you mildly entertained. But uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of Whiskey and Rocks, whether it's Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us out even more if you spread the word and share us on Facebook. Just uh, click on the links and you can follow us all the way to Facebook and like and subscribe and all that good shit. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for more 320 Club.